I am telling you why he needs to apologise and pay reparations. Why? What did he do? Not anything to do with slavery. slavery what did he animus. do? I am telling you, colonialism, neo-colonialism, racial disparities, and racism. First, a new bombshell poll published today shows that nearly half of the king's realms would vote to become republics if they had the chance. Caribbean countries cite colonial ties as a reason for wanting to part with the monarchy. And pretty disturbingly for King Charles, 10 of the 14 countries polled say they back the Sussexes, saying Meghan's treatment exposes racist views. It's ignited debate about whether King Charles should apologise for Britain's past sins, maybe even pay reparations. Would that make any difference? Or would it just fuel the fire of republicanism? Well, here with me now to debate this, the former royal butler to Princess Diana, Paul Burrell, the activist and organiser of Black Lives Matter protests, Iman Aiden, and the historian and royal author, Dr Tessa Dunlop. Well, this will be a quiet debate, won't it? <laughs> uh, well, you brought your earplugs, Paul. Um... So, first and foremost, my feelings on the royal family and racism are not predicated on Harry and Meghan's willingness to identify. That's the difference between me and you. We are talking about a country that was built off of racism, and we are referring to the oldest institution in this country that started it all. So, that's the first thing. In terms of why black people and many others feel the way that we do, well, the monarchy is a symbol of white supremacy. Okay? White supremacy. That is the reason. Let me. Just why finish. does it make any Let difference if King Charles says sorry? Or why does it make if he pays money? What difference does that make? Okay, so how does that combat racism? No, it actually does. So let me. The guy hasn't got a racist bone in his body. He's done more for racism than any public figure in the country. Why should he be paying for the sins of people hundreds of years ago? Okay, so can I finish? Yes. Thank you very much. So, the monarchy is a symbol of white supremacy, which is what black people have had to contend with for the last 400 years, notwithstanding the fact that Elizabeth, or every king and queen, from Elizabeth I... You think the last the late queen was a, was a model of white you. supremacy? Let me finish. Let me finish my point. You just asked me several questions. Let me finish Well, answer the question, right, I'm getting there, so just finish. Well, hurry Let up. me just finish, OK? Hurry up. So, Every king and queen from Elizabeth I to William IV has supported and profited off of slavery. So, it... This is about the fact that this country was built off of racism, and that's his, that's this the point. This country also led. Second. This on, country you can't just keep stems talking. From, no, because I haven't even finished my point. You can't just make outlandish statements about our royal family. Don't expect me to jump in. On the one hand, we celebrate, and you certainly do, Piers, the idea of monarchy as continuity. Yeah. Going way back when. I mean, I read an article this week that traced the anointing oils to the Old Testament and King Solomon. <laughs> you can't pick and choose which bits of that continuous historic line you like. Yes, I can. Uh, well, but how is that you, that I'm wrong? You can, but it's hugely, okay. but it's hugely problematic. And I would counter to you where we have the face of history and the, and, and the physical form of history in our royal family. White when, when for example, France, the Republic, outlawed slavery much later, and in the civil wars in America, so that's what it took in America much later. So, so, so my point is, no, two Hang seconds. On. Let me finish my point. You see, you want to interrupt, but you interrupted me several Just times here. Like you did all the talking. I see your hypocrocy right now. It's one, fine. I, I did all the talking. I think what you you interrupting me. What we're doing here is conflating an individual family with institutions of state. 
you can't expect a king to apologise. He doesn't have that power. It's he would have to represents. be told to apologise by the government. Because it's an institution of state. Do I have to? All right. He's talked about sorry. Excuse me. Time out. Time out. Actively Time out. Time out. Time out. You keep talking about slavery. Let's just be clear about slavery. Yes, you did end slavery. You've made that point and you've made that point, so let me address it. You did end slavery. And there was a clause in the contract that said, for example, that Jamaicans had to work up to 45 hours a week for the following four years, whilst you simultaneously paid off the slave owners and left the enslaved in their countries to rot. And then you transitioned to colonialism, where slavery still continued, and yeah. then you transitioned to the Commonwealth, I agree. where you continue to assert your dominance, exploit black people, and do it in a far more dignified way. I agree, Mark. I agree. Nobody's refusing the repugnance Can we please time out? In one sentence, one yeah, sentence, Iman, Iman, in one sentence. Go ahead. What do you want? In one sentence, what's your idea? Thank you, Tessa. Money. You want money? You want money? You want money. Okay. Then I want money from the Vikings and the Romans. Paul, well, I, I think... Paul, be very patient. No, but the Commonwealth do, is a, a force for good. Yes. Oh, really? countries. They, yes, it is. They okay. do Absolutely. They work for each other. It's a family, a community of families that help each other. That's why it was formed. And no, you benefit more, that's why it's formed. No, we don't benefit no, more. Benefit they more. benefit no, as well. They, benefit they do benefit. Paul, of course they do. Paul. Yes, they do. Uh, yes, I'm not saying that they don't. What I'm saying is that we benefit, you benefit, you benefit Everyone more. benefits. Exactly. All right. You benefit, Imam, you benefit, Imam, you benefit more. Imam, that's white supremacy. Imam, how much money do you about. want from no? me? That's what I keep talking about. How much money do you want from the me? The National Commission on Reparations said that Jamaica, for example, is... is how much do you want from me? Trillion. I'm how much do you want from me? It's not about my feelings and not from you. I'm not, this isn't about oh, me and you. We've all got to chip in, right? It so is. how much do you want? You. How much money could I give you for something that had nothing to do with me, right? How much money could I give you to make racism better? Nothing is the answer. We're talking about the legacies of the crown saving claims which includes racism. I don't know why you've come on deciding to speak like a robot today. Day, but it's not, it's not really you working. Don't listen, because you don't listen. That's okay. why. But that, nor does talking to me like that, doesn't work. Okay, well, right? how about listening? But I will happily how about pay, listening? If you could convince me that it will change racism one iota in this country, I will pay you a cheque for the damage inevitably that was done by my relatives when they weren't being attacked by Vikings and Romans. I will pay you reparations if I think you have any argument for why. I should. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Hollywood loves nothing more than telling the rest of us how we should live and how we should think. It's heavy on the preach, light on the practice. This week's stars and supermodels flew in on private jets, taking a very well-earned break from hatreds about their carbon footprint. Attention for detail for the Met Gala in New York. And what is now routinely a nauseating annual romp of tone-deaf extravagance became a glistening exhibition of Hollywoke hypocrisy. Well, the whole event was billed as a tribute to the late fashion king Karl Lagerfeld, indisputably one of the all-time great designers. A visitor from outer space would be forgiven for thinking he was some kind of hybrid non-binary fusion of Mother Teresa and Nelson Mandela by the time this lot had finished the other night. But let's compare and contrast some of Lagerfeld's opinions with those peddled by the stars oozing their tributes to him on the red carpet. Here's Margot Robbie. This is actually uh, yeah. This uh, dress was worn by Cindy Crawford in 1993. Oh, wow. They remade it for me, and it's uh, obviously a Carl design, and I feel really great in it. Actually, it's incredible. Obviously, the Met's always an exciting mm -hmm. night, but I had the great privilege of getting to know Carl to an extent. I was the last Chanel ambassador that he picked. What yeah. an honor! Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it is an honor. Now, nobody bows uh, in admiration more to Margot Robbie than me. One of the great actresses in the world right now. 
and a lovely lady. Met her a couple of times. But that's the same Margot Robbie who's a vocal advocate for gay marriage, famously wearing a pro-gay marriage T-shirt for an appearance on Saturday Night Live. I've got no issue with that, obviously. But Lagerfeld did. I'm against gay marriage, he told Vice magazine, the same year before launching a stunning broadside against gay parents adopting children. Surely some mistake, Margot. And then there was Jared Leto, dressed up as a cat in homage, apparently, to Karl Lagerfeld's beloved pet. And yet here is Mr Leto in 2015, giving an impassioned speech about refugees of the Syrian crisis. By the way, many of us here are the sons and the daughters of immigrants. And Steve Jobs, the son of a Syrian immigrant. Very moving, very laudable. But what about his hero, Karl Lagerfeld? Well, in a shocking interview on the same refugee crisis, he evoked the Holocaust to attack former German Chancellor Angela Merkel for taking in too many refugees from Syria, or the enemy of the Jewish people, as he effectively called them. The list of the double standard goes on. Kim Kardashian joined the sycophantic parade. Of course she did. She turned up at the opening of a paper envelope. But despite Lagerfeld saying she was to blame for a robbery that she suffered in Paris because she flaunts her wealth on Instagram. He literally victim-blamed her. But she forgave him because she gets the chance to wear a nice dress in a tribute to Karl Lagerfeld and be the centre of media attention, which is really what she loves doing most. Never mind the hypocrisy. And then there's my old friend Emily Baruchowski, a vocal body positivity advocate and lioness of the Me Too movement, who appeared to have forgotten that Lagerfeld once described curvy women as fat mummies and said models should expect to be groat. This is the same ridiculous hypocrisy that leads to fugitive paedophile Roman Polanski bagging an Oscar and a standing ovation after his conviction. An ovation led by Meryl Streep, while the rest of us are just invited to forget about it. Now, I've had many run-ins with the British actress and activist Jamila Jamil. She can be incredibly irritating, and she would say exactly the same thing about me. But today she wrote this in response to the Met Gala. This isn't about cancel culture. It's not even about Carl. It's about showing how selective cancel culture is within liberal politics in the most blatant way so far. It's about showing why people don't trust liberals, because of slippery double standards like this. Well, for possibly the first time ever, maybe the only time, Ever. I agree with her. She's right. If you're going to use your positions of privilege to preach woke morality for the minions back home, you should start by practising yourselves and maybe avoid treating as your hero somebody whose opinions are the complete opposite to everything you preach. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. A county politician in Indiana, in the United States, is making headlines this week by, well, exploring his identity. A councilman is coming out as a transgender, as transgender, and a woman of color. Delaware County Councilman Ryan Webb announced that he now identifies as an Indian American woman. Since that announcement, he's received some support, but a lot of backlash. Many calling him childish, despicable, even calling for things like execution. Yeah, that's always how the woke left responds, isn't it? You must execute him. Um, now, he issued a statement after the furore, Ryan Webb. He said, after much consideration, I've decided to come out and finally feel comfortable announcing my true, authentic self. This is Ryan Webb. Uh, he said, it is with great relief 
that I announced to everyone that I identify as a woman, not just any woman, but as a woman of colour as well. I guess this would make me gay lesbian as well, since I'm attracted to women. Phew, that felt good to finally get that out there and start living my life as my true self. Well, Miss Webb's statement has not been met with the empathy and gushing support normally extended by the woke community. Some have even demanded that he resign. They resign. Well, that he has basically made a hate speech in this post on April 11th. And I feel that he should resign. And if he doesn't, I would, I would look at county council to talk to legal and see what they can do about removing him because he has created some hate and discord and divide with the transgender population here in Muncie. He must be executed, he must be cancelled, he must be fired. It's the usual predictable response to what was obviously a, a joke, but it was a smart joke, because actually what it did was expose the farce of limitless self-identity. I myself identified on International Women's Day as a black lesbian. Why shouldn't I be able to, if you can identify as anything you want? Esther's cackle when I said that went around the world. Well, Ryan Webb joins me now, uh, alongside Talk TV's Nicola Thorpe and Esther Cracker, as I just said. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining me. So I did chuckle because I had a similar thing myself, which you may or may not have heard about, uh, when I did a similar stunt. Uh, but you were making the same point, I think, which is, if we really want to have a world where anyone can identify as anything, well, why shouldn't you be able to identify as a woman of colour? Well, Pierce, uh, you're absolutely right. And I, I appreciate it. I want to thank you for bringing me on the show. And uh, as a fellow uh, lesbian woman of color, um, I feel we have a deep connection here. But you're right. They've uh, they've laid the groundwork. They set it up where anybody can be anything that they want uh, just by simply declaring it. And, um, you know, that's what we're doing here. And it uh, turns out that they don't really feel as strongly about that and believe it in their soul as they would make you believe because... Um, I wasn't really as accepted in the beginning as you would think someone of my stature would be. Yeah, and the reaction was unbelievably vicious. People calling for you to be executed. Of course, they wanted you fired. Of course, they wanted you cancelled. And all entirely predictable because it's fine for them on the other side of this debate to identify as whatever they want. But the moment you dared to identify as what you decided you wanted to be for that day, all hell breaks loose. It's the double standard. Well, uh, predictably, uh, the political left, they, they always implode on their own ideology. Um, I've, I've made a statement that I'm just holding up the mirror uh, to them, and they're doing all the damage themselves. I've just stepped back, and uh, with their own words and their own actions, they're just uh, dismantling their entire ideology uh, that they've worked very hard to build up to this point. Um, and in my opinion, they've turned the clock back uh, two, three years. Um, you know, just a few days ago, all you had to do uh, if you wanted to self-identify as anyone as you choose is just declare it. And it was a universal truth that that had to be accepted. Mm. Uh, but now uh, the truth is clear that uh, that's not the case. Now I'm being told you have to uh, do hormone treatments. You have to uh, start dressing the part. You have to wear the makeup. You have to change your identification. Um, so, you know, they've turned the clock back on their own movement a few years. And it's disappointing to see them give up so quickly on... Uh, something that they said they believe in so strongly. You know what, Ron? I, I had to chuckle watching genuine news reports having to report this legitimately because how else could they do it without obviously disrespecting you, without respecting your right to self-identity, which it just made me laugh. Ryan, I appreciate you joining me for Piers Morgan Uncensored. Thank you. What are you currently identifying as? Uh, I'm currently, uh, at the same time, I'm still identifying as a woman of colour. And I've, I've said uh, in a few other times, these journeys are often complex 
And, uh, you know, sometimes we never know where they're going to take us. We could end up right back where we started. Um, <laughs> I'm just riding the... I'm just riding the wave and wherever it takes me, that's where I'll be. Well, I wish you all the very best with your journey, Ryan. And thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> all right. It's a, it's a good laugh. Uh, and watching the news reports was hilarious. But Nick, like I say, you've fulminating <laughs> as you were listening to this. But why? Because just as I was doing, all he's really saying is, look, if we genuinely are moving to limitless self-identity, this is where it can go. We're not well, we are, to, though. We're not moving to limitless self-identity. There's male, female, non-binary. That's it. That's well, not it. Is BBC it? Well, teachers you, are 100 genders. Genders is different. Genders is different. We're talking... Th those what sex is non-binary? Those... But somewhere between male and female, it's, it's not though, is it? That's not yeah, non-binary. There are hundred gender identities. No, okay. non-binary is not. There are non-binary is not biological sex. The BBC and various other outlets have said. I, I hear the seventy-two genders quite often. Mm. That's just seventy-two different ways of describing something. You could also argue there's only three colours: red, yellow, and blue. But a mixture of all those make multitudes of colours. It's the same thing with uh, gender. But how identity. did you feel, male, for example? Female, and how did you feel about an American cyclist, Austin Killips, becoming the first yeah. transgender athlete? To win, a, to win a women's professional stage race. Yes. Right? This has caused complete outrage, and apparently the vast majority... You can see towering over the female uh, competitors. But who's to say that height necessarily gives you an advantage? It clearly... Sport. But a lot of people will because say... Because, like, all these trans athletes, when you look at how they competed as males, yeah. they didn't compete with anything like the success. So, clearly, they have a physical, biological advantage purely from having gone through puberty. It is indisputable. So anyone who it tries... The moment I hear anyone on this side of the trans activist argument, I support trans rights to fairness and equality, but the moment I hear anyone on that side of the argument trying to defend what's happening in sport, in women's sport, mm -hmm. they lose me. Do you, because you're denying biological facts. But do you know how many trans athletes that have... Competed, more and more. ..competed in the Olympics? More... But, uh, One. OK, so here's what you do with One. the Olympics. Let's remove any specific gender from Olympic qualification. OK. What do you think would happen? Well, that's... What, what would happen? What would happen... Yeah. ..is that... How many women would compete in the Olympics if it was, if it was gender neutral? Probably just as many women would compete, but on certain sports... No, yes, no, they wouldn't, no, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't qualify. No women would qualify. OK. Apart from equestrian and shooting, I think. Mm -hmm. Everything else... But you're taking it... I, I no, no, Nicola, Nicola, no, here's my point. Argument, there is a reason we separate the sexes there is, in absolutely. sports. absolutely, yes, because men, generally speaking, because are stronger and more... Because it's unfair, because it's women, women. Yes. wouldn't win any medals. Yes, because it's unfair on women. So why is it fair for people who are biological mm -hmm. males yep. to put their hand up and say I'm a woman and compete against biological females? Because you're being disingenuous. It's cheating. They don't have to put just put their hands up and say I'm a woman. Simone, you're, I know that you're planning to have seven children, I think. You've got three on, uh, under your belt, literally. Um, how fast do you want to have the seven? What's the, is the clock ticking here? Absolutely, yeah. We need to have them basically as quickly spaced as possible. So we're going in for our next uh, our next round, essentially, next month. And we're going to have more than seven if we can, basically, until my uterus is forcibly removed in a botched surgery. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, it is... Look, we laugh about it, but there's a very serious point to this. And it's fascinating because the more I've dug into it, after actually Elon Musk said what he said the more interesting it becomes. And look, it is an argument which is argued vehemently both ways. You know, there are a lot of people who believe the complete opposite, but there are a lot of smart people who think this is a real doomsday thing coming around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to look at how quickly fertility rates can collapse. When I started caring about this, I was working as a venture capital in Korea, and I had to constantly plan out the future of their economy. At South Korea's current fertility rate, 
For every 100 South Koreans, there will be six great-grandchildren. We're looking at a 94% population collapse. Coming back to places like the U.S. and the U.K., it felt like traveling two decades back in time, like I was in some sort of uh, sci-fi world, and I got a chance to try to raise the flag before it was too late. Mm -hmm. Because when you hit a place like Korea, where now 60% of the population is above the age of 40, it's probably too late for them to turn the situation around. And then there's all these economic problems. You can say, well, we can solve this with immigration, but then what you're doing is you're making the developed world reliant, their economies reliant on keeping Africa poor, or the African countries poor, right. that have these high fertility rates. And that's not a good place to put the world in.